0: This is Fred Wilgenberg with the podcast, Hopefully Divided. Wondering what that means? I will elaborate more on its meaning and purpose at the end of this episode. For now, I'll just say, hopefully divided is in contrast to a more common phrase, hopelessly divided. I'm excited to have Beth Broadbooks as my guest today. Uh, As we discuss, in part, her ministry work, And the title of this episode is, Tapestry Ministry Goes Places Most Ministries Don't. And why? Beth, uh, thanks for being here. Really happy you're here. You're a a friend and a colleague in ministry. I ask you to please describe tapestry to us.
1: Yeah. Um, Can I just give a tiny backstory before I jump into tapestry? Sure. Just kind of what brought me here. I moved here from Los Angeles three years ago, and I was in ministry in L.A., and the people that I worked with were, I would say, the people that were more on the the margins of church and the fringes of society. So I've always been very drawn to people that don't fit in fit in. I say in like quotation marks because we're all people. Uh, so in LA, I was working with gangbangers and transgender prostitutes, um, working with people who were wrapped up in cults. And so all these pockets and people i had to reach because I just saw not that the church was doing a bad job, but the church just might be a little bit afraid to go to these places. So when I moved here a few years ago, I pitched to the board, what if we did what I did in LA? And they were like, ah, <laughs> that's terrifying <laughs> um, and so right now we I mean we've gone to death metal concerts we've gone to psychic conventions um, we our two biggest outreaches are to seven strip clubs in the area where we build relationships with the management um, with dancers just to show them how beautiful and how loved they all are and we also um, have been more involved with the LGBTQ community specifically the transgender community
0: very interesting yeah uh, you guys indeed go places most ministries don't Um, I like to know why a bit like is it is it theological for you kind of Uh, as in you know you have uh, reasons why you feel God would send you there is it more your kind of people or setting Uh, you know where you feel most uh, comfortable Is it maybe a strong need to help and bring hope? What what maybe, why are you choosing to go to places that I I must say most ministries don't?
1: Well, I think I'm wired um, in, I think, a unique way. So I think part of it definitely is I've always been so attracted. I think because I didn't ever feel like I fit in in my home Mm. and where I grew up and kind of always felt like the black sheep, that when I meet someone that, Physically might not look like they fit in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I must hear their story. And I I know that they might have felt the depression that I felt not fitting in. So I think it's a piece of that. And another piece is when I moved to a very conservative climate, um, I saw these pockets of people that people were just terrified to even go talk to someone within kind of these like subcultures of the people that we meet with based on they externally might look different than, you know, maybe you're more... What white you know upper middle class person that's going to be in church so I think it's partly why I'm wired and then also just because we saw such a need for it in Mm. in Sioux Falls and
0: beyond I did not think uh, that would be your answer I mean even on the personal side you know where in in a way you answered the I I asked you would it be more your kind of people or setting well in a way uh, Others who perhaps were ostracized um, brought you comfort that there are others out there and Mm. we can you Mm -hmm. you even felt it yourself. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what have you found these people to be like, like uh, those at uh, the strip clubs, you know, at the uh, at the other places? Do you guys I don't recall. Do you go to like the uh, motorcycle rally, the Sturge rally? Have you gone there?
1: We, we used to. We okay. stay more locally now than travel, so okay. haven't done that in a couple years.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, what have you found these people to be like, uh, you know, at the marches and things like that? You know, uh, tell, tell us about the people.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, they're just like us. <laughs> you know, I think what I'm so passionate about and with tapestry is oftentimes we create Tables of food, and we all come together mm-hmm. from people from all walks of life. So when I go into a strip club and I bring some ladies, we always usually bond over food. And from what I've heard in the stories, is that these women and these owners of the strip clubs are just like me. You know, they they struggle and they wrestle and they feel joy and they love their families and they want to provide for their families. You know, and they're doing it in a way that can, I think, perpetuate pain and dysfunction and some brokenness. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that I just see people like myself, you know, okay. perhaps they're doing different jobs or, um, you know, maybe living in a different way than I am um, through different expressions, but they're people just like me.
0: Yeah. Like the uh, LGBTQ March, uh, Pride March. Um, you know, because I think I heard you guys kind of set up a, a tent, a prayer tent, maybe refreshments. Tell us a little bit about um, the marchers, especially, and maybe others who were at that march, you know, and how, how were you received? Um, how, did, uh, yeah, how did you receive them so that perhaps they received you in the way they did? I'm, I'm curious about that.
1: Yeah, I'll set the scene a little bit uh, and a little if anyone is a pastor of a church, come get a booth at the Pride Festival this year. <laughs> um, so at the LGBTQ Pride Festival in Sioux Falls, it's just like a bunch of businesses and vendors selling things and it's mm-hmm. kind of like a big party where the LGBTQ community is coming and it's a safe place for them to to celebrate who they are and to be who they are and be with like minded people and so with tapestry, I just am so aware of the pain and the um of a lot of people that feel alone, that don't feel like they're valued in this community, especially from like a faith and church perspective. So we bought a booth space and we bought LaCroix, of course, the delicious water. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And we had cookies and we had our big sign that said tapestry ministry, a ministry that provides spiritual care in unlikely places. And we just sat at our booth and we smiled and we had so many people um, come and ask why we were there. And our answer was just like, we love you so much and we love Jesus. And if there's anything you need prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. And we that, I mean, that day was so special. I made a lot of friendships that day with the transgender community. Oh. I was able to sit with like young kids who identify um, in the LGBTQ community as like, I remember sitting, walking away, walking to the bathroom and seeing this young girl um, with a shaved head, like almost crying. Um, And I went and sat next to her and I asked if I could put my arm around her. And I did. And she started crying and she's like, I just feel so alone. Like my family um, has disowned me. I don't have a lot of strong friendships. And so I gave her my phone number and I just asked if I could pray over her and It was just, it was a special day where we got to just make so many friendships and love on a beautiful community that has experienced a lot of pain and hurt.
0: If people could just know you, Beth, a bit, uh, they would get it, how that Mm -hmm. kind of setting would work for you in ministry. Now, you did say uh, some friendships even developed, because sometimes I, I, certainly I've been places and, uh, you know, I've had pretty good interactions, but... I think it probably stopped at that, you know, at that setting. You know, another, more ministry done, but was a relationship uh, developed in a way that a friendship didn't grow? And and did you see some of that, that you stayed in contact with people? And how did you do that?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, if you know me, again, as a person, I will very boldly, if I want to be friends with you, I'll just vocalize it right away. I'll say, hey, can we be friends? Like I'm five. (laughs) Hey, can we be friends? And usually people are worded out, but I have good boundaries, so I've maintained a lot of friendships okay. that way. Um, okay. So, we had a lot of people in the transgender community approach our booth, and a lot of them asked for um, prayer for, I mean, a lot, a few of them asked for prayer for just different um, d- depression issues they were dealing with. And so, of course, I just like asked if I could have their phone number and be their friend. <laughs> and so, from that uh, festival, I just gained a lot of phone numbers, and then I just started taking a lot of the transgender community out for coffee, for lunch, and just hearing their stories. And from that, it kind of snowballed into just a beautiful friendship that um, a lot of us, like myself and my husband and a few other people, um, kind of just have like monthly gatherings for the transgender community. and We just tell stories and are there for each other of support and yeah, and love. And I've learned so much from them and they learn a lot from me Um and it's beautiful.
0: Oh, it is. It is beautiful. Uh, I'd take a second to even talk about some of the friendships I've had over the years. It's been <clears throat> kind of sim- similar, probably, the some of these folks would be some who would, you know, be at those functions, other than perhaps at a, uh, you know, more of a, a church setting. For example, uh, I won't, you know, these are different names than the issues, but I think of a, a guy named... Uh, I'm just going to say a guy named Matt, who I met many years ago uh, when I was the director of Center of Hope, did that for 16 years, and uh, lived in, the, in Sioux Falls here, the Pettigrew Heights, uh, actually halfway down an alley, uh, just uh, you know, block or so from the uh, Lucky Lady Casino there. And, but I, I just remember the first time I met him, he was uh, very uh, intoxicated, a tough, tough guy for sure. And uh, and held my shirt pretty tight, <laughs> grabbed me, uh, cause didn't know who I was. Uh, and uh, another friend told him to back off. This is uh, Matt was probably already fifty-five years old at that time. I think I was probably thirty then. And uh, and and the other guy told him to back off. And then actually Matt allowed me to sit in his uh, in his uh, duplex there, uh, which is about halfway down the alley. In, in a in a most diverse or struggling neighborhood in Sioux Falls, which isn't, certainly isn't a big city, inner city, but, uh, and uh, Matt asked me back, you know, and perhaps the next time, uh, certainly more sober, and uh, over time told me about his life, and I told him about mine, and I have not seen Matt. I, I, I believe he's still alive, but I know his health was poor, and so he'd probably be... 65 or 60, almost 70 by now, but uh, he gave me a cap, um, and he had faith in God, Um, but he gave me a cap that uh, says, Jesus loves you on the side, and it says on the front, G-A-P, God answers prayers, (laughs) and it's my only cap, and I still wear it sometimes, Uh, and I just fondly remember Matt. And him giving me that. It's beautiful. I, I think of a guy named, uh, uh, I, I won't say his name again, but uh, this was a Native American friend. We'll just call him Charlie. And uh, wow, uh, just not to stereotype that people at all, but Charlie was one who also struggled much with alcoholism. Certainly not all the mats or Charlie's do, but, uh, but Became a dear friend, always welcomed me. Actually lived in the same neighborhood as Matt uh, in years where it was really, really tough, tougher than it is now. Uh, and they tore all those old houses down where there was uh, four or five apartments in each. And but uh, he gave me uh, over just always welcomed me and loved to see me. Usually a bit intoxicated, had a real hard time with it. But uh, but gave me a most beautiful uh, jacket that uh, was handmade and it had kind of Native American, uh, you know, kind of cultural pictures on the back. And I I still have it. And it just meant so much. And then also kind of I think women wear a brooch or something. Is that what you call it for guys? I don't even know. A pen, a pen of some kind, but it was cool. (laughs) And I I still see it in my, in my laundry room where I grab it and where I wear it sometimes. And, And these are just people that you know, you w- I wouldn't have seen at church, I wouldn't have met them there, but we had quite theological discussions and and uh, gave me these gifts, and that still touched my heart majorly. Uh, how blessed. Um, Beth, I, I want you to talk, uh, you, you talked to me before about these uh, pride march that you had gone to. I'd like to just go back to that, um, because you and I are, uh, you know, we are believers in God. We're... We're Christians, Uh, and so, and we, you know, as Christians, we, there is a a special family that I think we're part of, you know, where we talk about having brothers and sisters in in Jesus, and that's a very special, important thing in our life, Uh, and I have many of them who I love so much, who, but do very different ministry than I do, but I think you had mentioned maybe there were some people, perhaps more from a church, who were at that march too, uh, Could you did say that you were well-received largely by, let's say, some of them who didn't have belief in God, perhaps, well, weren't your brother or sister in Christ, but were kind and became friends of yours. But how about some of the people that actually, you know, had belief in God and were church people there? How how did they respond to you? Yeah. Not trying to be critical, but I want to just get some of that out as we segue our, to a different direction here.
1: Yeah. So... There were, you know, it was really cool. There were, it was myself and then, um, well, Tapestry Ministry, and then two other churches um, that were also represented. So a Presbyterian church and then a Unitarian church was there. So we were the only three kind of faith-based people that had um, a booth space. But there was a group of a few very passionate Mm -hmm. young boys um, that were there um, with, Tracks and okay. pamphlets. Um, they said really terrible things. And they were saying terrible things to the people there. Um, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know until they approached me. And we're kind of causing a little bit of a ruckus at our booth. And so I was like, hey, let's go talk over here. With those? <laughs> yeah, with the three, the three okay. little uh, hooligans who were taunting me. <laughs> so I just smiled a lot at them. And, you know, they were like, well, all these people here are going to hell, and I was like, "Oh, that's sad." <laughs> like, oh, why would you? Why would you say that? Um, mm-hmm. And the pamphlets they had—I'm not even going to say what they said—but they're these people were just so angry. And I remember looking at them, and I said, "How many of you have a friend that is in the LGBTQ community?" And they're like, "Well, we we don't, and we never would." And I was like, "That's really sad." you probably would have a lot more compassion for people if you were able to love someone that looked a little bit different than you. Um, and so I wasn't mean. I just was a, like a laid down the law a little bit and I got a little sassy. And then I said, you are more than welcome to join us if you shut your mouth and you pray over people. And, I, and you know, like we're just going to love people well. But if you can't do that, then you need to leave. And so they left.
0: <laughs> so basically their tracks, uh, which is kind of like a, a little piece about just Gospel like, and good news, but it's it maybe started a little leaned on the fire and brimstone. Type yeah, I would maybe. say that they
1: were there to tell, like, the gay people go to hell, basically.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Very interesting that they would, I would guess they were there with the intention of making a difference uh, in people's lives. It, I, would, I would hope it was to try to make a positive difference, but they didn't in a most unique and... I guess you and I would believe perhaps ineffective way Terrible. of burning bridging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting.
1: Yeah. I think that that there's not much that makes me more angry than that in this world. I think is I am all for, um, if you have a different opinion than someone, I mean, I know that I have a different opinion than right. you on a lot of things, right. but when we do it in a way that is, cruel and we strip people of their dignity and we say horrible things, I won't, I can't stand for that, especially in the name of God. Yeah. Um, and so I will always be a little feisty with people like that um, because I, it's my desire to teach people and myself a better way of, even if I disagree with someone, how can right. I still be so loving and so compassionate?
0: Right. And so... I guess we could almost say maybe if those were young males there, you know, Christians, uh, they were kind of like little brothers, if we say brothers in Christ, you know, perhaps of the same family. We believe Jesus died for our sins, you know, and forgives us and gives us new life. Uh, But sometimes our little siblings uh, really, and we do too, we're just human, we can do more harm than good and we just need each other saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, uh, let's, uh, I wanted to use that to segue a little bit to kind of discussing why we have chosen Beth, you and I both our routes for our vocations and which is basically we're both doing gospel outreach ministry. I know in fact, you know, we both, uh, I finished a seminary degree, you're in seminary, you know, so really putting some investment into that, you know, getting your master's degree right now. Um, and, uh. I think you and I are about going to church, you know, and many pastors, or go to seminary to be pastors of churches. I think you've said before, you're on a worship team. You We love church. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to our vocation of ministry, we've gone in more of a different direction. Uh, gospel outreach ministry, street ministry, working for me with uh, former refugees right now, which is a lot of fun, you doing what you're doing with Tapestry. What is, I guess, why, why have you chosen... Uh, this kind of uh, vocation for yourself this direction in including in uh in gospel ministry uh, yeah it's interesting uh, many people don't choose that way we're not saying this is a better way than another way necessarily
1: I, I think it goes down well it comes down to like what has god called you to do and whenever i speak i can look back since i was 11 years old and it has always been, I've always seen patterns of I'm always going to go after um, the ones that are externally, um, look like that they're in pain, the ones that don't fit in. So I think for me, it's been looking back on these themes in my life, and it makes so much sense why I do what I do. But it would totally not make sense for someone that has, like, loved, you know, teaching kindergartners their whole life. You know what I mean? Okay. So I, I think it's just the way that I'm, that I'm wired and the
0: need that I saw that fit what I was called to, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I would say for myself, uh, you know, kind of theologically, uh, I fully believe every single person is made in God's image, you know, and if in a sense they are wired by God uh, to know him, uh, wired to be in relationship. And we know that uh, we believe, you and I, that sin you know came in early in the world and really messed things up and it's in our it's in every life uh, I, I'll speak for myself anyway and uh, you know but God's about redeeming he's like sometimes he he's about like the great electrician who straightens out the wires that have gotten really crossed and so I I, I believe Matt and uh, Charles who I've talked about Charlie and uh, all the people that you meet are are made in God's image and very special, deeply desired by God, uh, offering up much and 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 God also having such good for them uh, with his uh, with his love, you know his good news and uh, and so yeah that's uh and and a lot of times for me it's meeting people who uh, as you have who perhaps aren't my brothers or sisters in the family of God at this time, I mean, and yet still, uh, being people and, and beautiful people, uh, often a lot of kindness there and
1: yeah. you want to yeah.
0: elaborate a little more on that. Yeah,
1: I think, well, so of, and all the people that I encounter on a daily basis, you know, I would say if I, I'll just, I'm a great at stories, so I'll just tell a quick story okay. about, um, a lot of people in the in these sub cultures and sub communities that Tapestry reaches out to, they would identify as Christians. Mm-hmm. So even um, I'll go with our club outreach for now. Mm-hmm. I sit with owners of strip clubs all the time that are like, uh, "I love Jesus That's and cool. and I I wrestle with what I do for a living." And so part of Tapestry, it's not just like say the sinner's prayer, <laughs> good to go. It's like. We are we are committed to journeying alongside our brother and sister. Just like I'm committed to journeying alongside my husband and my close friends and to see more freedom in my own life, to see more freedom in my husband's life. Like again, with the people in these subcultures, a lot of them have committed their life to Christ. So it's like, hey, great, let's go on this beautiful journey together, together. And like I believe that as we walk together. You're going to encounter more freedom, and I'm going to encounter more freedom. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I've learned is I can never have expectations of someone's process, and I can never pass judgment on, well, well he oh, runs a strip club, is, is he actually a Christian? Well, that's a terrifying thought, I should, you know, yeah. because there's so many pastors of churches that are, you know, struggling with pornography exactly. secretly, yes. and, yes. you know, and so it's like we have all these things that are a bit more external that we can point our finger at, Versus the internal struggle that we all deal with. And so what I've learned is, like, my my judgments of people is just, it's almost easier to to see someone that's so vocal about their process rather than the internal struggle that I see in the church a lot of the times where no one talks about what they're struggling with. Does that make sense? It, I totally. Mm-hmm. agree. So just to go back to your point, like, it's totally about, like, yeah, I want to see people, like, set free, but also know that it's like a so it's a whole long process of life, you know, that yeah. we are being yeah. refined and And
0: balanced. we're right in that we're right on that journey, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And that process. Oh my gosh. And, I'm and like sometimes uh, two steps back, three steps That's forward. Right. Once in a while, three steps back, two steps forward. We're like seven. Oh. <laughs> Just I haven't quite gone to seven y- <laughs> Seven forward maybe. No. Uh you know, I, I can get caught up in that categorizing for sure. And uh you know, let's just love each person made in God's image and and seek to have a better uh, journey going forward together. I appreciate you uh, updating that. So in our last few minutes here, I want to go back to the name of this podcast, uh, which is hopefully divided and uh, really why I have chosen it. Um, I really think there are just some really big spiritual canyons. Uh, out there, you know. In fact, on my uh, website, Peace PeaceWithinReach.com, you know the the heading is basically many spiritual uh, canyons exist. Hopefully divided? Question mark. I kind of leave it like that. But this is <laughs> the name of this podcast is hopefully divided. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think we are hopelessly divided. Uh, but big divisions, no doubt, uh, in the way people think. Uh, value systems, uh, politics, which some, some will equate with theology and, and belief, and, and we just go on and on, uh, understandings of things, uh, different generations and ages. I guess I just, um, you know, and I see some who are really entrenched in their place. Um, some, I think many, many seem indifferent to the divisions, um, and I think so others— perhaps embrace the plurality. I would probably fit in that category, but I don't know if that's always really good too, because sometimes, oh, cool, everything goes. I, great, you know, we're all good. And I don't quite want to get caught there either. Uh, But, so I I just see a lot of it. And so I think it's a real important uh, issue. Uh, and that's kind of what I want to talk about each you know each uh, time on on different podcast episodes. you know people's spiritual positions often cause big divisions uh, as, as I just noted uh, where we become further and further divided from each other not how we, knowing even how to communicate with each other anymore. Um, I have learned that we gain a better understanding of people uh, as we in re- it as we get to know each other and it reduces negative impacts of the divisions. Uh, You know, if we have differences in understanding, uh, including major differences, I have really learned that we see that we, in fact, aren't hopelessly divided. Uh, I was in this studio here uh, having an interview with a a good friend of mine who's atheist, (laughs) and we have developed a great friendship. There are some divides. Yes, in our lives, we're different but we really have come to love each other and, and, and learn from each other. And that's been been really great. Um, and, you know, and, and just finally, I get caught a little bit more in the embrace and the plurality of differences. And I think differences is okay. It's interesting. But I also believe that where a person stands spiritually as a pastor, I'm going to say where a person stands does have huge ramifications uh, for now and eternally. And I, I don't, that is important to me. And some would say, oh, he's going there. Well, yeah, I will go there at times because that is really important. I believe a relationship with God and his grace are accessible to every person made in his image and really, really important. But so I hope to, with this podcast, have diverse groups of guests. Uh, a couple Fridays ago, I was uh invited to go to a mosque in Sioux Falls and I, I went to the prayer meeting at the mosque with my friend Ali and, and his wife because they invited me and it was kind of different because I didn't feel like I should be praying to Jesus there with him. So I kind of went through the motions, but I didn't <laughs> yeah. know how to would they be offended able. even if I'm praying to him you know, but it was it was interesting. Yeah. Uh and I hope Ali will join me as a guest for a well, podcast episode yeah. sometime. I, I don't know if he will. He would uh he's very educated and, and helpful in teaching about Islam and, and their view. But uh Beth, I want to go back to you. This is getting toward our very end here, but you know, you also show, I believe, that we are not hopelessly divided. And I just want to close just a, a few moments on that, and then we'll close this thing in prayer and be done for the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh again, like I'm like was like over here cheering when you were talking um yeah I think that we live well I don't think I know that we live in such a polarized world right and that is the church too the church is just as polarized as the world and bring our politics in and you can't be a Christian if you think one way or you know um and so my hope and when I speak to it churches is that we have all these different theological camps like within the church and the church is a hot mess and we can't get along and we're bitter and we're angry and so my dream is that the church would be a model for the world and not that these different theological standpoints can't, like that they all have to agree but that the world would look at the church and they'd be like, wow, they think differently. Even amongst like the Christian, there's all these different like kind of theological standpoints but they're doing it in a way that's really honoring and respectful. And they're just wow, maybe I should try a church. <laughs> but we're not like that. <laughs> and so, you know, even just a quick story is that, so I'm a woman in leadership, and um, uh, uh, some men in certain theological camps would say, no, you can't be, you can't teach men. You can't um, speak at a church where men are present. And there are some men that I'd be like, those are hurtful words like the way you're talking to me is disrespectful so i'm not going to have a relationship with you but there are some men in my life that i have great relationships with and we do disagree they don't think that women should be in leadership but they're so honoring towards me that it doesn't get in the way of our relationship um and so that's just a an example of like it can be done and then i think that if if the church were to get that together the world would be like want to join in on the party
0: I love your description of the church as a hot mess
1: it is and I but I mean and I don't want to say like I, I love the church so much like, I don't ever do. want to make it right. but we're a hot mess and I, I can say it in love like we gotta we gotta get it together
0: please come and join us at the hot mess and help <laughs> us please right I mean we all we, we join us at the that. hot mess you know I want to kind of close that point with uh, a quote that as I've spoken with you once I could find it, but I found it in, in this booklet, actually, uh, that I had written, Peace Within Reach. And it's just uh, Pastor Rick Warren, uh, in his book, The Purpose-Driven Life, writes it this way. Um, Every church could put out a sign, I suppose on the front of the church, no perfect people need apply. This is a place only for those admit they are sinners who admit they are sinners, need grace, and want to grow. I'll read that. I mess it up. Every church could put out a sign. No perfect people need apply. This is a place only for those who admit they are sinners, need grace, and, and want to grow. Let's close this, uh, this time in prayer for just a few moments. Father, thanks for this opportunity to, have, uh, to speak with Beth. And uh, she goes to some places I don't go to. Uh, I have hardly been to and uh, perhaps she goes to the strip clubs and I think she said that before to me that they don't allow some of the male volunteers to go with them anyway and good for her. But thanks for what she and Tapestry are doing and going to, uh, just going to places uh, and not only loving upon people but uh, seeing uh, your image in, in, in the people who are there, and and the beauty in a lot of the people and, and how the people there uh, also bless Beth. Beth isn't just about blessing people, she she's about relationships and and seeing the good in those she ministers to. So that actually she be it's a ministry with rather than to. So thanks for what Beth and Tapestry are doing. Bless them. Your grace, God is so good and it's so free, so accessible so profound uh, well as the old song says it's amazing grace and uh, thank you for extending it to us uh, and making it accessible and available to each and every person and thank you also for the hot mess of church and for uh, still what it stands for uh, your love your grace uh, your word the oldest book in the world And uh, would you draw each person more uh, to you and perhaps even draw you through the church, to you through the church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, This, as well as other podcast episodes and articles, uh, can be found at my website. Again, my name is Fred Wilkenberg, but my website is www.peacewithinreach.com. Thank you, Beth, for joining us, and thank you for the listeners for joining us today.